It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by you. We could not literally do it without you. Thanks to all of you, including Chris Allen, Chris Smith, and Mark Gibson. Coming up on DTNS, Republicans and Democrats agree we want space internet. Why the real metaverse has been with us all along. And Micron's struggle to find engineers who don't think RAM is just a fluffy animal. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, March 17th, 2023. A portion of today's intro was written by ChatGPT. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm Rob Dunwood. Drawing the top tech stories from Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. And I'm today's producer, Amos. Uh, can you tell which part of the, the tease there was written by ChatGPT? Any guesses? Something uh, about fluffy animals? About, yeah. Animal? Really? Yeah, engineers who don't think RAM is just a fluffy animal, written by ChatGPT. But think of all the engineers who do feel that way. <laughs> I feel that way. Yeah, you're not getting hired so. by Micron. That's what, that's what that means. <laughs> all right, let's start with the quick hits. A European Commission filing shows that Microsoft offered remedies in an attempt to gain approval of its Activision Blizzard acquisition. The filing didn't offer specifics, but the company recently entered into several long-term licensing deals with pretty much every company, not called Sony, for access to the Call of Duty franchise. The EU will now seek feedback from competitors, you know, all those people who got those deals, before making its final decision on May 22nd. Reuters sources say that the remedies will likely win EU clearance for the deal. Yeah, it's looking better now. Google's Project Zero security team disclosed that it reported 18 zero-day vulnerabilities impacting Samsung's Exynos modems, including four top severity bugs that could remotely compromise a modem with no user interaction. Bad bugs. Uh, Project Zero gave Samsung 90 days to patch the flaws. They told them 90 days ago, no patches have been released. Samsung did confirm vulnerabilities in Exynos 
Exynos modems in a March security listing. Google said that users can mitigate this vulnerability by turning off Wi-Fi calling and voice over LTE. Exynos modems are used in a wide variety of phones, not just Samsung phones. So you might want to go look at our link to TechCrunch or somewhere else that you trust to get the link of all of the phones because they include some Google Pixel models, some Vivo models, uh, and even some connected vehicles that use the Exynos Auto T5123 chipset. Qualcomm announced the Snapdragon 7 Plus Gen 2 system on a chip designed for mid-range phones. Production was switched from Samsung to use TSMC's 4-nanometer process, and the new chip also uses a faster Cortex-X2 for its main performance core. Qualcomm says it can reach up to 50% better CPU performance and two times the GPU performance compared to its predecessor. The SoC also supports dual SIM, dual active, meaning that both SIMs can access 5G or 4G radios at the same time. Handsets with the SoC are expected later this month. Belkin confirmed to The Verge that it has paused development of Matter smart home devices, saying it will, quote, take a big step back, regroup, and rethink its approach to the smart home. Uh, It says it hasn't given up on Matter. It's just rethinking things. Uh, It will release Wemo products that support Matter when it can find a way to differentiate them. Wemo could risk falling behind if other similar competitors do switch to Matter as planned, because if you don't know, Matter makes it so that you don't have to worry what platform a device is meant for. It'll work with almost everything. On the other hand, Wemo is the first to blink on Matter, uh, may or may not be the last. We'll have to keep an eye out. When when they say they're taking a big step back. Mm, that's a big. Mm, that's big. Yeah. They use the word big. Meta's paid verification program is now live for users in the U.S. CEO Mark Zuckerberg said on Instagram that the blue verification badge on Facebook and also Instagram offers proactive impersonation protection and also direct access to customer support. It'll cost you $12 per month through the web, 15 per month through iOS and Android because they're taking a little bit more of that cut. Verified members also get some stars each month that can be used to tip creators, extra stickers for stories and reels, so you get some so you get some bonuses. Meta brought verification to Australia and New Zealand last month. And that is a look at the quick hits. So Rob, tell us some good news. Well, the U.S. Federal Communications Commission, or FCC, has been busy. It finalized rules to require carriers to block text messages from invalid, unallocated, or unused numbers. The rules also say carriers must establish a means for senders to inquire about blocked text. Yeah, that's not all they did. Uh, The FCC also wants to set up a legal framework to make it easier for satellite internet companies, SpaceX, Link, AST Space Mobile, to provide service directly to your phone. Uh, Right now, those companies have experimental licenses, but the FCC is asking for feedback on what the permanent rules should be. Now, this could be a little confusing. We mentioned that T-Mobile is working with SpaceX to allow texting in areas without traditional coverage. Uh, This kind of framework would allow them to do that more. However, the framework is different than what Apple and Qualcomm are doing. They're using Spectrum from Iridium and GlobalStar and using that for emergency text. Uh, They're not using existing 5G. So that's why you need some extra hardware to take advantage of the stuff from Qualcomm, like the Qualcomm hardware, or Apple. SpaceX, Lincoln, AST want to use Spectrum already used by cell phone companies so that basically any 5G phone would work. You wouldn't need a newer phone. Uh, To put it crudely, they want to turn the satellite's 
into orbiting cell towers. FCC vote was unanimous, no partisan bickering. Rob, does this mean we're getting space internet? I hope so, because this is this is cool technology. What, what really gets me with this one is that it'll work on older devices. So you don't have to go get the brand new Samsung. You don't have to go get a brand new iPhone in order to be able to do this. So when you hit those dead spots, they may not be so dead as long as it's not, you know, you, you, you have, you know, you know, line of sight to the sky. So I'm all for this. And, you know, nothing hardly ever happens uh, with part, you know, with bipartisanship. So that's a good thing, too. Yeah, it does seem like they really want to make this easier. I I rarely use the internet outside my house. So I hit a dead zone yesterday for the first time in a long time. And I was like, wow, I said that in Sarah, you're like, ah, I I wish that was my experience. Every day. Yeah. I mean, the the Wi-Fi at my house, as long as the power is on, works great. But uh, cell service, I have Verizon, but, you know, anybody who uses T-Mobile, AT&T, you know, a variety of other options. Who uh, ever comes and visits, I say, within 10 miles of my house, trust that your self-service will yep. drop and you will not be able to contact me. <laughs> this would fix that. So honk when you get to my gate. Yes, it would. I mean, it would potentially fix that. And that would be awesome. I, you know, I can only imagine how many people live in rural areas or yeah, areas that just for whatever reason, you know, you got it, you got a dead zone and you just get used to it. There are ways around it. You know, you, you still live your life, but man give me some satellite cell service i'm i'm ready this does feel like a a feel good story am i wrong i mean i I (laughs) rob's thinking he's thinking he's like hmm what's wrong with this idea i i mean i guess it's um hopeful you know that uh you know on the on the Commissioners from both sides of the fence. Agreeing. Yeah, on the political side, yeah. no one's like, "Here's why this is a bad idea," mm-hmm. and I will block this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm all for this because people who don't understand what it's like to be like where you are, Sarah, and you don't have access to you know to broadband or just cell signal, this this goes a long way to fix that to where basically Earth no longer has dead spots. Yeah, I mean, probably with some uh, some exceptions in in geographies, you know, that that just block you from seeing the sky. Maybe that right. would be it. That's all I could think of. Well, I know we all are anxiously awaiting the arrival of the metaverse. You might sure. say, "What is it exactly?" Well, no nobody knows. knows. <laughs> but you know what? There's actually been one since 2003, and that is Second Life. It's a world where you create a virtual avatar and virtual stuff and you can interact with other people and things within that world. It exists and it works and it has for some time and people still populate it. In fact, it's profitable, making its money on the trade of virtual goods. So, of course, it's been getting more attention as the whole, you know, metaverse buzzword is heating up again. And we all say, what will it do for us? Well, It exists if you live in Second Life. One limiting factor for Second Life has been that it's only available on Windows or Mac OS or Linux until now. A community director for Second Life's developer, Linden Labs, announced that a beta for a mobile version of Second Life will launch later this year. It's being built in Unity, so it can be released across iOS and Android devices. So, couple questions. Is this another possible future for the metaverse? Or is the bigger lesson of how Linden Lab survived for 20 years without a mobile app? Well, 
where where Second Life is big, it's big. People have been rocking with this game, as you said, Sarah, for twenty years. I actually I know someone quite well who has built a business inside of Second Life. Uh, you know, two businesses actually. One was just farming and creating malls and stores and stuff like that, and the other one is actually teaching conversational English to non you know English speakers. So uh, it's it's amazing that this this is stuck around. But I'm not willing to necessarily call this the metaverse. This isn't necessarily uh, Zuckerberg's idea of what the metaverse was going to be, but it's something that is is very sticky. So maybe he should take some signals from it. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's the key, right? Yeah. I I I get your point, Rob. But at the same time, I'm like, what is a metaverse if not yeah. what is you know, like you said, a couple of friends. Uh, are making a living within Second Life and have been doing that for some time. I used to live in this neighborhood of San Francisco that was right down the street from Linden Labs, which is, which makes Second Life. So I feel like I kind I, I kind of knew, you know, you sort of see the employees around and it felt like a really big deal. Again, this was the better part of 20 years ago. And uh, I haven't really heard about Second Life in a while. But Not that, to say I think that that's people... what blows me away is that that story, Sarah, that you tell usually ends with, and then of course that company got acquired, I slash uh, went back. Yeah, or they just everyone yeah. left. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or crashed thing. and burned, and it doesn't exist anymore. Or or it pivoted to enterprise. Uh, but but Linden Labs didn't do any of those things. Linden Labs just kept going with a solid community, less than a million people, you know, 800, 900,000, depending on, on when they reported users, but making money, staying viable by paying attention to your community. To your point, Rob, that's a signal that Meta could look at if they really want to make something that is like a metaverse, right? Like I said, there's only a million folks in here, but these are diehard Second Life users. I mean, we have heard of people who have gotten married inside of Second Life. We 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 know people who literally they're on other sides of the planet, and the way they converse with each other literally daily is through Second Life. So the stickiness of this has just been something that absolutely, uh, you know, Meta should be taking a look at to see, okay, well, how can we get people that are just really into this platform? And as I said, it's it's just been one of those things to where for the last 20 years, they've just been running. Nobody's really been yeah. messing with them. They've just been doing their thing. And, and, the, and the diehard fans are diehard fans. They really support this platform. I have to uh, imagine that, you know, some folks at Linden Lab saying, all right, well, you know, we're under a million users, but, you know, they've stuck with us. They like it here. Um, you know, people are having fun and making relationships and at some times making money. Let's launch a mobile app because this whole metaverse thing is going to come back up. And we already, you know, have proof of concept that this is a place that people like to be. Well, I think they, they said in their video that they've been working on this for a long time. They just couldn't make it to their satisfaction. Right. Uh, and they think they're close enough to doing it now. Uh, I think you're right. They probably got a little more motivated to work on it because there's more eyes on Second Life now than there used to be. Uh, that makes sense to me. But what I love is that they never had a VC or an investor pressuring them. You got to hit scale, or we're gonna, or we should liquefy. You got to hit scale, or we should sell. I don't know why that happened. Maybe they did have that pressure and they escaped it somehow. But the fact that they were able to say, like, yeah, our 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 buzz faded. Uh, our users declined from from the big levels, 
but we were able to continue as a business and nobody said, well, you, you can't just continue st- stable. You have to grow or, or nothing. And they were like, man, no, we can, we can, we can just yeah. be, uh, that's, that's unusual, especially for a company located in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You, you can make a business out of a thousand true fans. They got a million of them. Yeah. So it's an absolute business. And I, I look at, I look at, uh, Linden labs, almost like the mom and pop that's, that's still, strives even though they're right down the street from walmart yeah and they're not dying they're not panicking because they couldn't make a mobile app you know back in 2010 when mobile was hot they're putting out a mobile app now because they're like yeah i think we finally figured out how to make it work well uh and and sure were they like i said did they hurry up to make it work well lately maybe sure why not well and to your point tom about you know whether they had taken vc money or not you know there are a lot of companies that say you know, they're they're not necessarily saying, well, how do we scale? You know, now we have to scale. Scaling so hard. Oh no! You know, we we're not scaling fast enough. There are, you know, Linden Labs being just one example, or a mom and pop store like your example, Rob, or you know, the bookstore down the street from me type thing. It's like you might just say, this is sustainable. We're yeah. happy with this. Yeah. We like our community. We don't have to scale. Or at least that's not the first thing that you're thinking about every day. I'm not saying they didn't take investor money, but they they were able to avoid that pressure that most people who do. Right. Because yeah. that's usually why you have all these conversations about scale. It's like, well, no, we need more users. You know, how do we, you know, get the MAUs up? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah I really believe that Lyndon took the route of we don't necessarily need more. Can we just get the ones we have to do more in the platform? Yeah. And or like, make it, them it, happier so they do more. And exactly. Then they make money, and then we take a cut. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I haven't been in second. Uh, yeah, I haven't been in Second Life lately. It's probably been a couple of years. But like the last time I was in there, it's just like wow. It's like you can do a lot in here. It's like oh wow, they have this. Oh, they have that. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, so it's a million people who really rock with that platform. If you've ever played any MMORPG or something, Second Life is kind of like that, but without the RPG part of it as much. You can kind of RPG whatever you want. There's not like it's not Warcraft. It's not a Call of Duty or anything like that. I think more like The Sims almost. It's a little bit like The Sims, but even with 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 fewer goals, you know, because yeah. it's so open world. Uh, folks, if, if you're a Second Life fan, uh, share your experiences with us. Let us know uh, or just talk about any of this stuff in our Discord, which you can join by linking to a Patreon account at patreon.com slash DTNS. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. 
From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Wall Street Journal has a story on Micron's challenge, finding skilled workers to fill the jobs at a chip plant that it's building in Syracuse, New York. Now, you may say, why is Micron going to all this trouble to find chip workers if they don't exist in Syracuse? Well, because the U.S. passed the Chips Act, which gives them money (laughs) to build a chip factory in the U.S., Uh, States like New York are providing subsidies, so that gives them money to build it in New York. So why did they even get those subsidies? Well, because it costs more to operate a chip plant in the U.S., and the U.S. would like to onshore chip building. Uh, So to subsidize the fact that it costs more to come back here, they they give them a little money. Cost isn't the only challenge, though. Uh, Micron needs to find engineers. They hope to employ about 9,000 people directly. And as these companies often do, there's also contractors and suppliers involved to the tune of 41,000. So there's going to be 50,000 people involved in this plant once it gets up and running. That sounds great, right? From a pure jobs perspective, construction starts in 2024. They're going to start producing stuff sometime in the latter half of the decade. But there aren't enough skilled workers living in the Syracuse area. In fact, they've been declining. Uh, In general, folks 25 to 44 years old have declined 10% in the past 20 years. And while there are 70 companies in the chip industry in New York, it's not like they don't have a chip industry. There just aren't enough engineers to fill Micron's jobs. Other tech companies looked at Syracuse and decided not to locate there. TSMC went to Arizona. Intel went to Ohio. Uh, so Micron came in and said, let's rally the universities. Let's rally the colleges. They're getting them to expand engineering programs. Syracuse University is the obvious one. It's increasing engineering by 50% over the next five years to turn out more workers that hopefully stay in the area and work for Micron. Uh, they're also providing $10 million to K-12 through schools to beef up STEM curricula. That's a little longer term, of course. But here's my question. Is this worth all of this effort? Rest of World had a story in January about U.S. companies poaching talent from Latin America. Uh, and Latin American companies having a hard time keeping engineers around because they all get jobs and work remote for American companies. If there are skilled workers available for cheaper elsewhere in the U.S. or outside of it, and demand for chips is currently declining, doesn't it make sense to build your chip fab in a place where it's cheaper? And does it make sense to build a new chip fab at all? Uh, Rob, what do you think? Is Micron going to succeed or is this doomed from the start? I think they're going to, um, simply because the government is putting up enormous amounts of money to make this happen. We, you know, Basically, we decided that we want chips to be made inside of our border. They're putting the money up. So, you know, one of the reasons that a lot of companies 
you know, basically have left and gone overseas because it was cheaper to do things other places. The federal government is now making and even, you know, the the local governments in New York are making it, uh, you know, less expensive for Micron to run this factory, this, you know, this foundry in Syracuse. So I think that it can work so long as they're getting these subsidies uh, from, you know, from the state and from the federal government. You know, I, 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 I try to think of, okay, because uh, I live in the upper part of Silicon Valley, the northern part of Silicon Valley, where you've got lots of people who are highly skilled and want lots of jobs, and there are plenty of them. Uh, I, I don't know the Syracuse area all that well. I know that uh, certainly parts of upstate New York, like Rochester, right? It was known for Kodak back in the day. It's like a lot of people work live there because that's where jobs are. And so on the surface, something like, all right, well, we're going to go work for Micron. You get a lot of uh, really smart kids coming out of college. Well, they wouldn't be kids at that point, but young adults. Uh, makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, I wonder, you know, what what is... What is the, you know, I've declined this awesome job at Micron type thing or the idea of this awesome job. That's what I I wonder about. It's, what is that reason? Is it because it snows a lot there? Because they don't or... want to move there. They, 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 they're like, I want to live where I live, right? Well, they, but what if they're already going to a local college? I mean, they're familiar with the area. There's not enough know? There's not enough people there now. I think that's, that's they're, they're trying mm, to bring mm-hmm. in more people, but they're not churning out enough of the students. So if they don't change anything, even if every engineer that graduates in the area sticks around, that's not enough. They need more than right, than right, right. They have to bring yeah, bring yeah. in folks from other places. Yeah, yeah and I think that you know, these are going to be relatively high paying jobs. People will be willing to to move there, you know, to to get these high paying jobs. There's, you know, if if you if you have the engineering degrees that allow you to work in a foundry, there's only so many places in the United States where you can do that, where you can put the schooling that you have to use. So I don't necessarily see, uh, you know, the, the location being a you know that big of a problem. It is Syracuse, New York. It is not like you know the North pole. I mean, it, it, gets, it does get colder <laughs> it gets there, cold, but, not but, that cold. but you know, folks have strived in Northern New York for hundreds of years. So yeah. I, I don't see that as being an issue. I think what they're going to have to really uh, focus on is getting into colleges in the article says that actually are getting into high schools as well, mm-hmm. offering internships, going to, you know, HBCUs, uh, you know, offering, uh, you know, centers there. There are things that Micron can do, to fix the issue of not having enough employees. And I wouldn't put it beyond, uh, you know, the federal government to, if they need to, they might open up the number of H1Bs that you can get, you know, you know, know, Mm -hmm. Micron's going to figure out how to make money with this. That's what they do. So um, I don't, you know, I I see issues, but I don't see any of them being unsurmountable. I think that this is actually going to work out because we've had these same conversations here in Columbus. Columbus is not necessarily, you know, the place that is going to attract high talent, but they're building a couple billion dollar building. Um, you know, like I can see it from my house. Uh, I I can't, I'm being facetious, but literally it's like (laughs) 10, 20 minutes from where I live. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it was important what you said to me earlier today when I was pointing out that because, uh, again, if you try to get H-1B visas increased, everybody's going to be pointing to all the tech layoffs and say, why should we bring people from overseas? We've got all this tech talent that just yeah. got laid off. And, Rob, you had a really good observation about that. Yeah. So it is not about just tech talent. The, these are engineers. The, the, these are engineering uh, positions. Uh, so a lot of the folks who are getting laid off right now 
aren't necessarily the most technical folks. They just happen to work for tech companies. These roles require hardcore engineering, hardcore STEM. And, um, you know, they're just, there aren't a lot of those folks. So there, there are just many of the people who are being laid off would never be, you know, applicants for this type of role. They just don't have the engineering chops, uh, you know, for it. So once again, you know, you know, to, to work in these foundries, you really need to have strong engineering backgrounds. Yeah. Well, if you're going on vacation soon, you might be going to Columbus, Ohio. You might be going to Syracuse, New York. You might be going somewhere else. But sometimes by the time you get there and the vacation uh, place of rest is not available to you, you need to kill some time. If that is the case for you, Chris Christensen has a couple good resources. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. You've just arrived at your destination, but you can't check into your Airbnb for a while or you have to check out and you want to tour around, but you don't want to do it with your luggage. What do you do? If you're staying at a hotel, you can leave it behind. But what if you don't have that option? They've got two apps for you. One is called Luggage Hero and the other one is called Bounce. And both of them let you find someplace near you that is set up to store your luggage. There's a charge for that, something like a dollar an hour or something like that. But you can easily search for places near you that you can store your luggage and then go off and do your tour or whatever without it. Luggage Hero and Bounce. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. I cannot tell you how many times this has happened to me where I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not going to go tour the Eiffel Tower with my luggage. Right. And and you're staying in an Airbnb. Yeah. There's no concierge at an Airbnb to, to check your luggage for you, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, these are good trips. Uh, good, good tips, rather. Luggage tips for trips. For trips, yeah. Luggagehero.com mm-hmm. and usebounce.com. Not the fabric softener. Let's check out the mailbag. So Matt, who says he's a listener from the Buzz Out Loud days, so thanks for your support over the years, Matt, says a moon photo being changed wouldn't be a big deal if copyright wasn't involved with photography. Matt is referring to our conversation earlier this week about Samsung's phones potentially adding some AI to moon photos and people saying, well, hold on a second. That's not the photo that I took. Matt says, there's a line where if a photo was taken by a photographer and the phone completely changes it, then it's not a real representation of what the person photographed. It's one thing to use an image editing program to touch things up. But if the phone is doing stuff that an image editing program can't do or didn't do, then it's getting into the AI is generating a portion of the image, and that's not traditional photography. Our society has not legally defined copyright when AI is generating some portion of a creative work. Ooh, this is a good observation, Matt. Well done. Uh, listeners at DTNS who heard our episode where we talked about the graphic novel that didn't get copyright protection for the images because it was made... I can't remember if it was exactly by Midjourney, but something like Midjourney, uh, the copyright office said uh, there's a difference between something like Photoshop or Illustrator where the outcome is predictable and you're in charge of it versus Midjourney where you just tell it to do something and you don't know what it's going to do. And Matt's pointing out mm, how different is the the moon texture stuff that Samsung's yeah. doing here like yep. that. Yep. And he's right. Nobody, We haven't defined it. We don't know. All right, let's get to uh, Karen says, love the show. Just had to say you all had me in stitches with the chat GPT jokes and cat alarms. Ah, Referring to a good day internet uh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about my Echo show. Uh, Yes, 
If you add the cat theme to your Echo Show, you will be surprised and possibly delighted slash horrified. <laughs> Depends on how much you like cats. <laughs> if you didn't hear it, Sarah talks about how uh, she was woken to the sound of yelling cats. It's the best story ever. Uh, don't miss it. Yeah, you know, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Uh, love love a good assistant. Yeah, that, uh, this is why you need to become a patron, folks. Exactly. Did you see what you're missing, everybody? Oh, it's good stuff. All right, Len Peralta is not to be missed. He has been busy illustrating today's show. Len, what have you drawn for us today? You know, I got to say, I am... I, I may be in the minority here. I'm not interested or excited for the metaverse. I wasn't really into Second Life when it came in. I did do Second Life for a bit, but it didn't hold my interest. Um, so I got to say today's art is sort of kind of, you know, getting that vibe. Um, I drew a gentleman here uh, who is a, I, you know, is a... Uh, Second Life user, let's just say, who is excited for Second Life coming to mobile. And he's like, whatever happened to my first Second Life? And there was a little <laughs> computer in the back there where his first Second <laughs> yes. Life has passed away, unfortunately. Uh, nothing is but there a such thing as a second Second Life? There's a third Second Life mm, that okay. I think that we're all going to have to, you know, that's going to be the metaverse. Anyway, that <laughs> image, if you're interested in putting that up in your cubicle or in your office or wherever you are, uh, you can get it at my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Len. You get it immediately. It's right there right now. Or you can go the old-fashioned way uh, and purchase it from my online store. It's right there on the front. And while you're at it, why don't you commission me for something? Because I am open for commissions right now, and uh, there's all kinds of gift-giving things coming up in the next couple months, so keep me in mind. Order Len around. He'll do great work for you. I, I know love this. to be ordered around. Yes, I've done course. it. Yeah. <laughs> Commission Len. You Please. won't be disappointed. Please, thank you. Uh, Rob Dunwood, so glad to have you on the show today. Let folks know where they can keep up with your work. Oh, you can catch me on The Tech John, The Tech J-A-W-N, wherever you get your podcast. I'm joined weekly by Stephanie Humphrey and Terrence Gaines, where we break down the week's tech news, but from the perspectives of African-Americans. So please check us out at thetechjohn.com. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, We also have two new bosses to thank. We're going to make a big deal out of it because it's St. Patrick's Day. And whether they're Irish or not, doesn't matter. Becca and Neil both just started backing us on Patreon. Yay! Thank you, Becca. Thank you, Neil. So good to have you. Uh, yeah, I was doing a Twitch stream, uh, which I do sometimes while I prep DTNS. And I mentioned we didn't have any new patrons. If you want to become a patron, jump in. You'll get your name on the show. Becca and Neil both were like, oh, I've been meaning to do this. This was the nudge I needed. So thank you, Becca and Neil. You guys are the best. You are. You are. Going into the weekend with two new patrons feels pretty great. Now, Becca and Neil both get to stick around for the extended show Good Day Internet because they are patrons. And it is time for another Quiz Friday. That's right. The Tech Personalities Quiz. Strange and wonderful facts about the big personalities in tech. Come join us, patrons. You won't be... (laughs) <laughs> we might be wrong. <laughs> we'll see who wins the quiz. Uh, but just a reminder, our show is live. Uh, of course, you can catch it anytime you like. But if you'd like to join us live, we'd love to have you. Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 2000 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. We hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back Monday with Justin Robert Young joining us. Talk to you then. 
This week's episodes of Daily Tech News Show were created by the following people. Host, producer, and writer Tom Merritt. Host, producer, and writer Sarah Lane. Executive producer and booker Roger Chang. Producer, writer, and host Rich Straffolino. Video producer and Twitch producer Joe Kuntz. Technical producer Anthony Lemos. Spanish language host, writer, and producer Dan Campos. News host, writer, and producer Jen Cutter. Science correspondent Dr. Nikki Ackermans. Social media producer and moderator Zoe Detterding. Our mods, Beatmaster WSGOTS1. BioCal, Captain Kipper, Steve Guadarrama, Paul Reese, Matthew J. Stevens, a.k.a. Gadget Virtuoso, and J.D. Galloway. Mod and video hosting by Dan Christensen. Music and art provided by Martin Bell, Dan Luters, Mustafa A., Acast, and Len Peralta. Live art performed by Len Peralta. Acast adds support from Tatiana Matias. Patreon support from Dylan Harari. Contributors for this week's shows include Molly Wood, Chris Ashley, Patrick Norton, Scott Johnson, Justin Robert Young, Rob Dunwood, and Chris Christensen. And thanks to all our patrons who make the show possible. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.